everybody. Um, it's not obviously a regular Motzei Shabbos, it's a special Motzei Shabbos. We read today the Pasuk, V'lo nosan lachem Hashem leib modas ve'enayim liros v'oznayim lishmoa ad ha'yomazeh. Couldn't possibly understand things until this day. Amongst the shakim that Rashi brings, he says sometimes you don't understand what your Rebbe says till much, much later. The quote is, She'ein adam omed al sof da'ato shel rabo v'chachmas mishnaso ad arba'im shana. What I want to do is share a sicha that I heard at your age from Rav Amital Zatzal, a sicha that I did not understand at the time, that I almost disrespectfully dismissed, and that years later I came to understand. Rav Amital often liked to discuss the Tana called Acher, Alisha ben Avuya, who the Gemara in Chagiga Tezvav says was Kitzetz ben Tios. Right? He became an apostate. All different stories how it happened. He became a kofar, he became an apostate. Bizarrely, his Talmud, Rabbi Meir, kept up a relationship with him. And the Gemara describes Pam Haya Acher Rochev Alasus Bishabos. Some Girso say it was Shabbos Shacholbo Yom HaKippurim. V'haya Rabbi Meir Holech Acharov Lilmo Torah Mimenu. Bizarre scene, like in our days. The Rebbe's driving a car on Yom Kippur, and Rav Meir's like running after him to learn Torah from him. Okay, a lot to discuss there, but let's leave it. <coughs> then, amazingly, Acher says to him, Meir, Chazor La'acharecha, turn around, he says, Remey, you can't go any further. I've been counting the steps of my horse, being Machal Shabbos, and we're up to Tchum Shabbos. You can't continue any further. It's, it's amazing. So Remeyer, in a play on words, says to him, his Rebbe, which means, do tshuva. You told me to turn around, now I'm telling you to turn around. So he says, I can't. I already heard in Shamayim a basco that said, Everybody is invited to do tshuva, return my wayward sons, except for one person, except for Acher. Okay, and you hear the Gemara, and all of us, I assume, are, are troubled by the following problem, which is we've been taught our whole lives, you know, till the last second you could do tshuva. Right? So how could it be that a Baskol told Acher that he's not eligible to do tshuva? That's against everything we know about tshuva. There are two basic answers that people give to this question. The first is, don't understand the Basko literally. It's true, the Basko says, Shuvu bonim shovim chutz me'acher, but really what it means is, HaKadosh Baruch waits for everybody to do tshuva, but acher he's not waiting for. Habal etaher nisayim lo, whoever wants to do tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch helps, Acher's not going to get any help. If he does tshuva, he'll be able to do tshuva, but unlike the rest of us, unlike everyone else in the world, he's not going to get any help. That's what the, the Baskol meant. 
Okay, that's one answer. The second answer is more difficult for us, but it's almost certainly true. And that is, there are people who really can't do tshuva. There is, let's say, a scale of evil that goes from zero to 100. If you pass 90, you're so evil, Akash Bohu says, Ad Khan Yoter. I'm not going to let you do tshuva anymore because you're so, so evil. Where do we see this most clearly? Right? So the Ramban says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Paro crossed 90 on the evil list, and HaKadosh Baruch said to him, that's it. You can't do tshuva. Ay, what about the How could Paro <coughs> have been punished if he didn't have free will? So the Ramban said, no problem. He wasn't punished. Once you cross the line, God freezes you where you are on the evil scale. You can't do tshuva, but don't worry, you don't get punished any further. Now, in case anybody here is saying, that seems unfair, I really believe that everybody should be able to do tshuva, not to, I just think this way, it might sound bizarre, I, like everybody else in this room, very much hope one day to go to Olam Haba. I'll tell you now, I don't want to meet Hitler there. Ah, it turns out in the bunker at the last moment with Eva Braun, he did tshuva. No. I don't think people like that should be able to do tshuva, and that's what the Ramban says. There's an evil line that you cross, you become like Dr. Evil, no more tshuva. Okay, you're locked in. Those are the two answers that are generally given. But Rav Amital in the Sicha gave a third answer, and he said, there was no baskol. Acher thought he heard a baskol, but he didn't. And I remember thinking, you can't say that. Like the Gemara says, there is a baskol. Doesn't make any sense to me. Till years later, I heard the baskol. I had a baskol also. And as I explain it to you, I bet there are other people in this room who heard a baskol as well. What am I talking about? There's one thing we think we know in the world. And that is we think we know ourselves. Everybody here knows you know, it's too bad that I have a temper. It'd be better if I didn't, but that's who I am. You know, it'd be better if I, I'd love to be a better davener, but that's who I am. I'd love to be more outgoing. I'd like to be more friendly. I'd like to be more supportive, but you know what? That's who I am. Now, for from people, what that really means is not that's who I am, but that's how God made me. I know, okay, I would have liked to be a better learner, but that's how God made me. I would have loved to love to, to learn Gemara, but that's how God made me. We all say these things to ourselves, and we say them because we believe them, but what it really means is we don't believe in Bechir HaKavshis. That's a problem. We all believe in Bechir HaKavshis theoretically. We believe it about everyone else in the world. We don't believe it about ourselves. The Rambam puts his discussion of Bechir Chavshis in the middle of Hilchos Tshuva, and not by accident. The Rambam obviously believes that to do Tshuva, you need Bechir Chavshis, and we all know this. And I'm going to cite the Rambam in the fifth parak of Hilchos Tshuva, Halacha Bet. It's, it's really an unbelievable Halacha. Says the Rambam, don't say that which stupid Gentiles and dopey Jews say. Now, don't personally, 
That's us. The Ram is describing us. What shouldn't we say? What do we say? Shakadosh Baruchu Gozer Al Haadam Mitchilat Briatoli Yot Sadiq al Rasha. We've all said this to ourselves at some point. Akadosh Baruchu made him at Sadiq, and me he made otherwise. That's life. I wish it was otherwise. Says the Ramam, Ain Hadavar Kane. It's not true. Elakal Adam Rauilo Lihiot Sadiq Kimosha Rabbeinu. Now, the Rambam knows who Moshe Rabbeinu is. The Rambam says Moshe Rabbeinu, the greatest person who ever lived. The Rambam is not a big exaggerator. He says there's no limit to who we can be. We could be the greatest person in the world. We could be the worst person in the world. And then he continues with, with character traits. Oh, chacham, oh, sachal, oh, oh, kili. All the things, right? Arrogant, humble, smart, caring. We could be any of these things. No one forces you. No one decrees. It's up to us, the Rambam says. And when we tell ourselves, this is who I am, we're rejecting Bechir Chavshis. Ravaran used to mention all the time, that Reb Chaim, who was known as a great Baal Chesed, often said about himself that he wasn't born that way. He didn't think of himself as a Baal Chesed, but he worked really, really hard to become the person he became. Not the greatest learner in the world, which arguably he was, but the, the greatest person, a caring, a deeply caring person. He did that himself. How'd he do it? shachim <coughs> He just did nice things over and over again until he became that person. And now we come back to Rav Amital's point. The baskol is the voice in your head. The baskol is the voice that came to me and said, you're a lawyer and you live in Teaneck. Okay, you had bigger dreams, but it's not terrible. That's who you are. There are a lot of good things that can be done. That's your, that's your life. That's who you are. Each one of us has the baskol in our heads. And if Amital said, and I finally figured it out, Acher heard a baskol, but it wasn't real. The baskol told him, you cannot return. But it wasn't HaKadosh Baruch It's the same baskol that limits us. It's the same baskol that we all hear. You want to be better, but look, that's who you are. That's the best you're going to be. And it crushes our tshuva because it takes away our free will. That's the first thing I understood from, from Rav Amital Sicha. The second and last thing is another pshat in Rav Amital. Rav Amital said there was no such baskol, but he heard it anyway. Why? Because we don't really believe in tshuva. And it's not our fault. We grow up or we grew up in a world in which you take responsibility for your actions. I remember, okay, a theoretical story. Your mother tells you not to play baseball in the backyard when you're a little kid, but you do anyway. And you hit a ball and you break the window of Mrs. Beck. She, the owner of a gigantic dog named Sailor, who you're terrified of, okay? Now, you apologize, of course, and you say no, and you say you're not gonna do it again. But you have to take responsibility, which means paying for the window you broke. 
That's the world we grew up in. We're responsible people. And if something goes wrong, you have to pay for it. And all of a sudden, tshuva shows up. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, no. If you feel bad, and you recognize that you did something wrong, and you regret it, and you commit not to do it again, you don't have to pay for the window. That's not the world we grew up in, and that's why it's so hard for us to accept. Okay? You've been waiting a long time to invest in stocks. You're following this, and you read an article, and Bitcoin is trading at $25,000 a share. But the analyst at Goldman thinks it'll go to $45,000 a share. Now, you've saved money, and you've worked, and you're bar mitzvah, and all this. You buy two shares, $50,000 of Bitcoin at $25,000 a share. And you watch, and it goes. 30,000, 35,000, 40,000. It's all you've ever dreamt of. The money's rolling in, and you're so excited. But the target was 40. But you can't stop, because you just know it's going to go higher. And it goes to 45, and it goes to 50, and it goes to 65, and it goes to 70. And it's amazing. It went to 68. I'm sorry, I'm exaggerating. Okay? And it's amazing. And you're rich. And then it goes to 60, and they're watching, and it goes to 55, and it goes to 50, and it goes to 45, down to $19,000. You've watched hundreds of thousands of dollars disappear from your account, and it's crushing. So you want to do tshuva. So what do you do? You go to the Department of Repentance of the SEC, and you go in there and you tell them, I'm an idiot. This was a big mistake. You know, I've learned my lesson. I recognize it, I deeply regret it, and I swear I'm never going to do it again. And they're nodding. Good, good, you learned your lesson. Then you say, could you give me back my money? So they laugh at you. Because that's the world we live in. You have to take responsibility. That's how you learn from your mistakes. But that's not the world of tshuva. The world of tshuva says, you get your money back. If you really mean it, if you're really not going to do it again, you get your money back. And that's what the Yerushalmi in Mako says, and with this I'll end. Shalu lachachma. Chote ma'onsho. They ask intelligence, what's the punishment for a sinner? Amar lahem chata'im yirdof ra'ah. Rush. Yeah. They're going to be punished. They chase evil. That's their lot in life. What's the punishment? Nevuah being a higher level of Chachma. Answers Nevuah. You get punished. That's us. They ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers if there's one moment in our lives that we want to paskin like HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is the moment.
Shiva Vakta.